Hey everyone, welcome to Omega Voice, our podcast led by Apostle Andrew Asari, the presiding apostle of Omega Churches and senior pastor of Omega Church Center. Thank you for joining us today. Wherever you are listening from, we hope that this message inspires and encourages your faith. All right, praise God. Amen. You know, God is doing some fresh things among us. Hallelujah. This is the time of consecration, all right? This is the season of consecration. Let's turn our Bibles. Exodus chapter 29, 29 verse 4 and 5. And Aaron and his sons, thou shalt bring unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and shall wash them with water. And thou shalt take the garments and put upon Aaron the coat and the rope of the ephod and the ephod and the breastplate and get him with curious girdle of the ephod. Now we have been talking about consecration and holiness. The priesthood of Aaron and his sons was a type of the priesthood of the body of Christ. Amen. Christ and his body. Aaron, Aaron was a type of the high priest of Christ. He was a type of Christ. Christ is the high priest of the body of Christ. And his sons was, a, um, his sons, his sons, um, was the type of the church or the body. Amen? So Christ and his church are all a kingdom of priests. Amen? And so when we, we get the details of the kind of priesthood that we are in the New Testament, when we see the details, because the details, the Old Testament actually gives us a lot of details of what the New Testament teaches. The Old Testament and the New Testament are one and the same thing. Amen? So the scriptures here says that Aaron and his sons, shall be, that's the beginning, the starting point of this consecration thing is that they are supposed to be consecrated at the door of the tabernacle. Amen. We have spoken about the unleavened bread. We have spoken about the oil, the wavers, the anointing oil, the, and all of that in verse 2 and verse 3. But now, the, the, the act or the service begins at the door of the tabernacle. And uh, I, I, I wish I can spend a whole time in verse 4, the door of the tabernacle. The, the, the door, you haven't gotten into the tabernacle yet to minister. The tabernacle is the, place, the sanctuary where we come in. So the door of the tabernacle is outside, still yet outside. It means that the outside world must know that you are consecrated unto God. The outside world that is watching you must know that you are sanctified, you are washed. So the outside world is watching your character, your conduct, the things you say, the things you do, where you go, and where you come, when you come. That's the, that's the outside of the tabernacle, a, a clear evidence and manifestation of, of a sanctified life. It's not a sanctified life in a secret place. It's not a sanctified life inside a tabernacle, but it's a sanctified life in the open that everyone can testify that this person doesn't go on ganja. This person is consecrated. This per- they know where you go and uh, when you come. Amen. Are you with me today? So the scripture is revealing to us, that if, especially if we can impact the world, then we must show the world who we are. That we are different. That we are consecrated, that we are sanctified, that our lives are pure. You know, this whole thing about God and about we relating to God and about church is meaningless, totally meaningless without a life that is consecrated and sanctified 
and dedicated to God. It's meaningless. Do you know the reason why you came to this church? Oh, there are several reasons, but one of the reasons, let me tell you one of the reasons why you came to this church. Should I? Okay, one of the reasons why you came to this church is because God wants me to tell you the truth. That's one of the major reasons. Do you know that I'm responsible to God, and if I don't tell you the truth, I will, I will have a more severe judgment come upon my head. I don't want that judgment on my head. I don't want your blood on my head. So I've got to tell you the truth. I've got to tell you that it's your relationship with God and church business and whatever you do, all the great things and nice things that you do, it's all meaningless without a life that is sanctified. You, you spend all the time, come here and practice drums and guitar and keyboard and tambourine. And spend all the time go so winning. And um, bless one another, bless your pastor and make him feel good. Do all of those things. You do all of those things and there's sin in your life and you're not a consecrated person. It's been, sit at home. Go to the club. Get on ganja. Be like anybody else. Dress like your pants is on your knees. Huh? But we need to hear the truth of the word of God. Let me, let me show you something quickly. Okay, James chapter 3. Come on, guys. Let's go to James chapter 3. James chapter 3, verse 1. James chapter 3. My brethren, be not many masters. The word masters here, some of you have the translation. It says teachers. So today I'm teaching. My brethren, be not many what? Teachers. Masters, knowing that they shall receive a greater condemnation. The word condemnation means judgment. Do you know God is a God of justice and judgment? How many of you know that judgment day is coming? Whether the, whether, whether the world believes it or not, judgment day is coming. Hello? I said, whether, <laughs> the Bible says that let God be true and every man a liar. Whether the world believes it or not, judgment day is coming. But here is, here is the truth. My brethren, be not many preachers or be not many teachers, knowing that they shall receive a greater judgment. The, the scripture James is referring to those who preach and teach the word of God. Let, let many people not be preachers or teachers of the word of God or masters or leaders because leaders will receive a greater judgment. I'm, so, I'm supposed to receive a greater condemnation, a greater judgment than you. Hmm? For in many things we offend all, if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle his whole body. Now here's the thing. I don't want the judgment that will come upon you to be upon my head because I did not tell you the truth. I prayed before God and I said, God, let me do the work of God well. Let me do it the way it's supposed to be done. Don't let, you know, people build great churches and people come into the church. They don't tell them the truth because they're afraid to lose members. They're afraid to lose what? Members. If they tell them the truth, they, they, they think that the people will leave and go. But if you don't tell them the truth, you have a greater condemnation on, upon your head. You have their blood on your head. I want to be able to stand before God on the last day before God and hear the words, Thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. I'm not going to let somebody's buffoonery in the church that I will not address send me to hell. I'm not going to allow, I've come too far. I've come a long way. 
I've gone through a lot of tests and trials and pain and sorrow and, and also joys and thrills and triumphs and testimonies and, and fun. All of that mingled together. It's all part of it. But I've come too far to allow somebody's buffoonery to send me to hell because I'm not going to confront it and I'm not going to address the issue. Now we are raising a whole generation after us. The things that we teach our children today is what they are going to do tomorrow. If we teach them a sanctified life, a disciplined life, a holy life, they will maintain it. The reason why so many people live the kind of lives that they live, even in the church, is because nobody told them. That, let's begin from the pulpit. The pulpit is responsible. They have a greater responsibility. If, if we are not telling the people how to live their lives according to the word of God, all we are doing is meaningless. Tell me, when was the last time you heard a message on consecration? Either on the radio, on the TV, or in some church. When was the last time you heard a message on sanctification and, and, and holiness and purity? They don't talk about it. Because the church is like Hollywood, and Hollywood is like the church. But we are a kingdom of priests, and God wants us to be sanctified. We are supposed to be a living epistle and a living testimony and a, a testimonial of purity and holiness to the outside world, our character and conduct, how we conduct ourselves, the way we speak, the way we think, the way we declare ourselves, the, the way we behave, our body language and all is important to God. So we get consecrated before we get into the tabernacle, before we get into the sanctuary. Now the door refers to Jesus, the person. You cannot sanctify yourself. You cannot make yourself holy. You cannot consecrate yourself. Consecration is, means that to set something apart. To, now, if you have to be consecrated, someone will have to set you apart. You cannot set yourself apart. So consecration is not like the, those people who think that they have to go and hide someplace and use a rock to scratch their body until they, are, they will become clean. Or live a certain weird lifestyle to please God. You, you, you don't lead a weird lifestyle to please God to be consecrated. The Bible says that all your righteousness are like filthy rags before God. So we are consecrated at the door of the tabernacle. And that door is Jesus Christ himself. Hallelujah. He's the door. He's the one. He's the priest who will consecrate you. Who will set you apart by the washing of the water by the word? You can't do it. So you come to Jesus and you say, Jesus says, I am the door. Those who come through me, they will go in and out and they will find pastor. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one cometh to the Father except by me. The tabernacle is the place that God meets with his people. And so you need to get into the tabernacle. But before you get into the tabernacle, you have to be set apart. How are you supposed to be set apart? You are supposed to be set apart and consecrated by Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Who is the door? So we come and we totally surrender to Jesus. We search our hearts daily. And we say that Jesus... You are my high priest. That is the work of the high priest. If you study the priesthood, the work of the high priest is to offer sacrifices to atone for his own sins, hello, and to cleanse his own sins, and also offer, receive the sacrifices from the people to make atonement and cleanse the sins of the people. That's the work of the high priest. And Jesus, being the high priest, standing at the door, and he's the door himself. He was perfect and sinless. He, by his own blood, shed his own blood. And by that same blood, he washes you and cleanses you. And he makes you a priest and a king unto God. And then he gives you an entrance into God's presence, into the tabernacle of the congregation. 
So look at verse 4 again. And Aaron and his sons thou shalt bring unto the door of the tabernacle of the what? Congregation. And thou shalt wash them with water. So you see, hear me out. The church is more than a building. The tabernacle that they built, this actually was the tabernacle of Moses that we are talking about here. The tabernacle that was built inside that tabernacle will be the, mess, the Ark of the Covenant um, with the mercy seat overlaid with gold. And the tabernacle is divided into, into five courts. We have the courts, we have the outer court, and then we have the inner court divided into two. Um, the, in the tabernacle itself, the court of Jewish men and the court of Jewish um, women, amen, and then and then and then the court, the 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 holy place. Did I say the holy place? Yeah, that yeah. We have the holy place where the priest will be, and then the holiest of all. So how many courts? Five courts. All right. When we study it, we get a message in full. But it's Jesus who brings us into the tabernacle where the presence of God is. And we are supposed to get really into the holiest of all. That's the place that we are all supposed to be. And that holiest of all can only be done by the high priests. And no one else gets into the holiest of all. But here's the good part. In the New Testament, Jesus Christ himself has entered into the holiest of all, not made with hands on the earth, not made with a tent like Moses' tabernacle, but the heavenly holiest of all, he entered into that place with his own blood. And he's bringing you and all, you and I and all of us with him into the very presence of God. That's what sanctification does. When we are consecrated, we appear before the holiest of all. The holiest of all was a place that people died. The high priest, you could die. If you offered sacrifices and you did not do things right and you entered into the holiest of all, you may be smitten dead by God. So the high priest had a special, special garment and he had a special rope tied to his, his body. And that rope comes, it's so long that wherever he goes, the, the rope is still out of the holy place into the sanctuary. And then he has bells ringing, bells that are tied all over his garments, right? And so every time that he moves and he's doing all the sacraments and all the ceremonies in the holiest of all, the bells will be what? Ringing. So if at any time the bells stop ringing, in a few seconds, a minute or two, and the bells are not ringing anymore, it means, mm, let's check it out. The guy is not moving. So after a few moments, the bells stop ringing, they will pull you out on the rope because you died, because you missed something. That's the high priest. But Jesus has already died. And he's already paid the price for the wages of sin, which is death. And he rose and conquered sin, hell, death, and the grave. And he ascended up on high into the holiest of all. And his bells is always ringing all the time because he's alive. And everyone that comes through that door shall be saved. Hallelujah. So he's brought us in. So the church is a spiritual heavenly presence of God. It's not just a building in the civic center or a sanctuary. That is a huge mega church dome or something. It's, that is a physical building. But the spiritual building is the actual church. That's the place that we come. It's the, called the tabernacle of the congregation. So the congregation is the church. The congregation is the people. The people, that it, the people is the church. Where we meet is a church building. Amen. But that church building is not a church. It's a church building. Everybody say church building. But the church is you and me and Christ and the Holy Spirit and the word of God. The church is people. The tabernacle of the congregation. The congregation is the church. And thou shalt take the garments and put upon Aaron the coat and the robe of the 
ephod and the ephod and the breastplate and get him the curious girdle and thou shalt put the mitre upon his head and put the holy crown upon the mitre. So that shows you in verse 6 that a holy crown, Aaron was the one that had the crown. That shows you that he's, he was a type of Christ. And the kind of priesthood that Aaron had was a royal priesthood. Amen. Thou shalt take the anointing oil and pour it upon his head and anoint him. Jesus is called the Messiah. He is called the Christ. Jesus the Christ. Christ means the anointed one. The Messiah, the anointed one or the appointed one. So we see Aaron being anointed here. So Christ was the anointed one. Jesus Christ means Jesus the anointed one. Or Jesus the one who has the anointing. He says in Luke chapter 4, he says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has what? Anointed me. So you have to understand that the anointing doesn't come until you are consecrated. You don't get anointed living in sin. God doesn't, if you, those of you who are mothers and good fathers like me, when you are raising children, amen, amen. you don't, when the child is hungry and the child needs food to eat and brings a bowl and says, Mommy, I need some food. And you look into the bowl and the bowl is full of bacteria and germs and death. And then you pour the kalaloo into the bowl for your child to go. Is that what you do? So you don't anoint death. You don't put food in a dirty bowl. The person will eat it and get bacteria and end up at sick kids downtown. God doesn't anoint sin. Tell your neighbor, God doesn't anoint sin. So he wants us to clean up, get into the tabernacle, and then he anoints the high priest. And, and I shall bring him and his sons and put coats upon them. That anointing, if you read Psalm 133, if I'm right, that anointing goes throughout on Aaron's beard, through his garments, and it spreads out to everybody that he ministers to. But that begins with consecration. So the anointing that is upon Aaron comes through upon his sons and comes throughout the, the body, the congregation. And thou shalt get them with girdles. What did he say? Verse 8. And thou shalt put his sons and put coats upon them. There's a way. You see, God wants the priesthood to be well dressed. Now, you have, to, you have to understand that you are part of the priesthood. Are you? Are you part of the priesthood? Yeah. If you understand that you are part of the priesthood, then there's a way that you carry yourself outwardly in terms of dressing. There's a way you carry yourself outwardly. Because dressing, coats, garments are an outward demonstration or an outward show. So a child of God, let me, let me say this. I don't, I don't know how many times as a pastor I've called people and told them to dress well. Over the years, many times I fight with people the way they dress in the church. Because it's important. There are many times I've told young women, you're... Cover up, oh, cover up. Your chest is not for sale. Cover up, dress well. Don't expose your chest. I don't, I don't get it. Why would you? Hollywood says that they must show cleavage. Cleavage. You show cleavage, then what? You know the Bible teaches in Matthew, hmm, I told you why you came to this church. So I'll tell you the truth. You see, Matthew chapter 5, verse 28. We all know it's been said that we should not commit what? Adultery. But Jesus comes here and he teaches. These are not the words of Pastor Andrew. These are the words of Jesus Christ, Messiah. Savior, Redeemer. Soon coming King. And he is saying here, you have heard that it was said that 
by old time that shall not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to last after her have committed adultery with her already in his heart. Now, you have to understand the way God made a woman. The way God made a woman to be attractive. She is meant to be attractive. She's, she's been carved and crafted like an hourglass to attract, to provoke a man. That's just the way God made it to be. But the way she's been crafted, she's supposed to be covering up in such a way that she will not send many people to hell. Do you know how many people have committed adultery with you because of the way you dress? Do you know how many people you have sent to hell already because you expose your chest and your cleavage and your back? Do you know that men, men are, are easily stimulated and provoked by the way you carry yourself as a woman because you've been designed to attract? Now, you, the scripture says that your body is for God and God for the body. Your body is not for people to look at. It's not an entertainment box or a home theater or cineplex. Even cineplex we pay before we go and watch. Now you are exposing yourself for people to watch free without paying anything. People think they have to dress that way to be attractive. You're already attractive. You don't have to expose all your geography to attract anybody for anything. You, I get emotional when I talk about these things because I've been correcting people for ages and people, I still don't get it. Turn with me to, um, Lord, where do I want to read now? I think in Corinthians. First Corinthians. Is it First Corinthians? Yeah. First Corinthians chapter 6. Quickly, let's go there. I told you that I knew that church is going to be really something today. That if you still love me after this as your pastor, then you really, really have a lot of love. Okay. First Corinthians chapter 6. Verse number 12. And all things are lawful unto me, but not all things are expedient. There are some things that, you know, I'm not trying to be legalistic, legalistic here. That, you know, dress this way or don't dress that way or say this or do this or do's and, do's and don'ts. And don't. Some things, the Bible will not clearly show, say that it's wrong or it's right. It may seem okay. Because everybody does it. All things are lawful unto me, but not all things are expedient. It doesn't mean that if it's lawful and there's nothing wrong with it, then you can just do it. Huh? It may not be expedient. All right? You cannot say that you have a fiancé so you can be jumping around with your fiancé at weird places in the night and everybody is looking at you in the neighborhood and then the next thing you are preaching the gospel to them. Who will listen to you? It may be lawful. It's not wrong, but it may not be expedient. You can't say you are engaged tonight and then the next day you are in Disneyland with your boyfriends in the same room. It's not expedient. There's nothing that says that's wrong, but it's not expedient. How can a man and a woman be in the same room in Disneyland? Look at the whole atmosphere and think and say that nothing will happen. Are you a tree? Are you a stone? Is that possible that a man and a woman in the same room in Disneyland and they are not married? And they say that nothing will happen. Are they stones? Even, it's not even act. They're, they're looking upon the person. 
Exactly. That's a decision. You know, so, so here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Do you, should I give you the deal? You are supposed to be instructed the way you conduct yourself. I'm raising three kids. I don't want them to mess up. I'm supposed to tell them and teach them, give them instructions how to conduct themselves. And not to feel so spiritually macho that they ask for them, they won't sin. No, they, they, you must be instructed. You must have ethics, codes, rules, boundaries, guarding your... We have a whole bunch of people and a whole generation in the church. They know nothing about courtship and how to relate. They just jump around, latch on each other like pencil and eraser. Do you know what a pencil is? Huh? Who knows? How many of you know what a pencil is? Okay, you know what a pencil is? Do you know what a, an eraser is? Uh-huh. So they write and then they make a mistake and then they erase. That's what people do in, in relationship today. Because they don't know what they are doing. They have no clue. We live in a generation where people have cell phones in their pocket. The whole world, WWW, is in their pocket. So they think they know everything, but they don't know anything. So they go around kicking their heads and their feet to things, knocking their heads into stones. And so they write, and they make a mistake, and they have an eraser. They erase again. And then they write again, and they see, oh, it's a mistake. And then they erase it. You don't have to be making honest. Even when you know what to do, you make mistakes. Much more when you don't know what to do. And they say nobody can tell them what to do because they pay their own bills. Okay, pay your own bills. Pay your own bills and pay your way to hell. Huh? I said pay your own bills. Nobody will tell you what to do and pay your way to where? Hmm? When the rapture, the trumpet sounds, palm, then we'll see those who will be in the rockets to heaven. All things are lawful, but, you know, why? Okay, let's read. All things are lawful unto me, but not all things are expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. So this is not a legalistic thing here. We are talking about being expedient, being, doing things that will not bring you in bondage or will not put, send somebody uh, into hell or anything like that. Now, okay, verse 13 says, Meats for the belly, and the belly for meats. But God shall destroy both it and them. Now, the body is not for fornication. Everybody listen, oh, my children, listen. And, okay, if you're in the church, you're also my children too. I'm a pastor. Pastor means father. So, if I'm a father and you're in the church, you are all my what? Wow, if you're a pastor, that's so nice. I mean, you can have a child who is so grown up. Isn't it nice to be a pastor? Yeah, it's an honor. It's a privilege. But it says here, it says, the body is not for what? Fornication. Hollywood is trying to tell you that all these years. Many years ago, Madonna. Do you know who Madonna is? was being interviewed, that singer woman, you know, was being interviewed, I just came across what the interview, and the, the, the journalist said, the way you dress is not, is very, very, you expose yourself that man. The Madonna said, yes, that is the whole purpose. The singing and the dressing is meant to provoke people. That is the purpose, to send people into sin. But the body is not for fornication. God didn't create a body for what? For fornication. Get it straight in your spirit. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. The body is for who? It's for the Lord. And the Lord for what? The body. It's not for fornication. So when people are full of lust and then they go about, they can't control themselves and then they, they just do all these things, they, they miss the whole thing. You invoke the judgment of God. And God have both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his own power. Know you not that the bodies 
Your bodies are the members of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of an harlot? God forbid. If you are fornicating with your body, you are playing the harlotry. Harlotry. You are an harlot. You don't have to be by the wayside subscribing and selling your body by the wayside, by the street side, in the club before we become an harlot. Scripture says that the fornicator is an harlot. Don't take your, your body, who is the member of Christ, to join it to an harlot. God forbid. Paul says, God forbid. What Know you not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body. If joined to an harlot means that sleeping with an harlot. That means if you sleep with any person you sleep with, you become one person with that person. You become one body. Sex joins two people together in one flesh. Yeah. Then you are not married. Ah, then somebody ah, you sleep with the person. Ah. You know, until it becomes detestable to you, until it becomes disgusting to you, until it becomes something that you know that God hates, that God cannot entertain, you will still love it and do it. And you still be good, having your pencil writing and erasing, writing and erasing, writing and If you write and erase and write and the paper will tear in your face. It's one to keep yourself pure and holy. So by the time you get married, you are fresh. You are not worn out already. And I'm a, I'm a pastor. I'm, if you believe I'm a pastor. So that means that I've talked to so many people over the years. I know people who get married and they cannot even enjoy sex because they've had too much of it already. The world is deep. Oh. Don't think that the thing you see on the surface, that is all the world is about. It's deep. There's so many things that can enter into your life unknowingly. And if you're not careful, what God meant you to be what God wants you to be, what God wants you to use you for, you're going to miss the whole point. You're going to miss the whole thing. We're talking about consecration. So don't live like the world. Don't live like the world. Don't conduct yourself like the world. I must be able to, by the help of the Holy Spirit, drive it into your heart that this thing is not right. Anything that is detestable to you, you don't want to go there. That's the whole purpose. Madonna says it's meant to provoke. Me too, I mean to make it detestable to you. We all have a mission. She's fulfilling her call. I got to fulfill mine too. Today people have... Pornography on their phones, pornography on their computers. Until, until you feel like throwing up, until you feel like there's a pit in your stomach, you will still enjoy it. When I see those things, it's like, ooh, feel like throwing up. And I thank God for that because it's the, it's the witness of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. What? Know ye that he which is joined to an allot is one body, for two saith he shall be one flesh, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. We are joined to the Lord. We are one spirit with God. But the Bible says flee what? Fornication. Some people, the word flee, somebody told me long ago. I don't know how true that is. Flee means you are running so fast you are almost about to fly. That's what I was told long ago. I didn't look up the word. But I know that means I know that to flee means run away from something. So don't go and check in into Disneyland. Run, run, oh run! Don't be macho, thinking that as for me, I won't fall, I won't do it. Run, oh run! Flee, fly away from fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. Sinning against your own body, you're destroying your own body. One, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's what the body is for. 
It's a temple of the Holy Ghost. Which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. Hallelujah. Bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We need to teach our children and our children's children and a whole generation. Teach them what the Bible says. The world is deceiving them. And they are falling for it. But here is the truth. I need to, God will come and say, hey, Andrew, hey, Andrew, did you tell them? You had people in your congregation. They were doing this, this. Did you tell them? So, but, you know, they were supposed to know. No, 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 no. It's not about they were supposed. Did you tell them? Today, I'll say, yes, Lord. I told. I told. We mean lawful. Lawful to live together, man and wife. They are not married, living together. Trudeau will not come and catch you and send you to prison. Your pastor may not be able to do anything about that. But is it expedient? Is it the right thing to do? Does it give you any good testimony? The man has been built to be protective, to be macho and solid. You know, a woman is built to be that beautiful, attractive, that nice. A man, not that nice. He's coming like a champion. He wants something. Why do you give it to him so free? The thing is not free. Huh? So the women think oh, they must dress and expose themselves in such a way that makes them attractive. Your body is for two, two, two people. Two people. First, God. Second, your spouse. When you are properly married, then don't deprive your, your, your spouse. When you are properly married, it's unscriptural to deprive your spouse of your, of your body. I don't know. Pastor is laughing so hard. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, the English is not really flowing. So latch onto each other. And the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4 that you will generate heat. Oh, it's in the Bible. Yeah. Why do you think you're married? So that you will generate heat. Some people go to work. They work and work. And when they come, they are in pants. Oh, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Tomorrow comes, tomorrow comes, oh, tomorrow, tomorrow. Oh, you see, it's too late, it's too late. No, no, no. Your body is for your spouse, properly married. And to be properly, this kind of, do you know that it's not scriptural? This kind of, somebody buys you a ring and kneels by the roadside around Chinkuzi and Bovet. <laughs> kneels down and say, will you marry me? And a lot of people passing by, they all stop. And then you say, yes. And they put the ring on you and everybody is clapping. <laughs> you are engaged. Oh! Where in the Bible do you find that, that scripture? To be betrothed, to be engaged, comes with a price. It comes with the agreement of two families. Two families sit down, discuss this, they deliberate it. Or over this a period of time, there's a dowry involved. You must pay the dowry. You don't go and take somebody's daughter by the roadside around Chinguzi and Buffet. There's a dowry involved. The two families must agree on it. And the two families must give their blessing. And the dowry must be paid. Nothing has been paid and put something on you by the roadside and then bah, they took you, took you away and then... <laughs> I, uh, I wish I could preach some more. There's so much in Exodus 29 we haven't done, right? Okay, I'll do this some more next Sunday. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to a boring preacher like myself. But I believe that this message will change your life and equip you and that you will desire to be holy. The Bible says that be ye holy for I am holy. The Bible says that blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. If you are not pure, you will not see God. Strive for peace with all men and for holiness without which no man shall see the Lord.
Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand on our feet. Praise God. Lift up your hands. Ask God to consecrate you. Ask Jesus Christ to set you apart and purify you and fill you with the Holy Spirit afresh, anoint you afresh, and use you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Ide breke broyande ste imama masto ba koste de brianda stash de ke brian ida ndere boske de be kaprostanda broste de deshkin de bristo ide pa kastara broyando stando bo ide ndesta ikandara sto imanto sike preyande stasta ide mondastori piando brokesto ask god to consecrate you ask god submit your heart and your conscience to the lord to purify you and consecrate you Ile mato braste kere brosta ndaboshte indaro kesto brayete sti inabaranto salamaha. Ask God to wash you in His blood. Any sin in your life, any besetting sin, surrender it. Any fleshly lust and unclean thing, unclean thoughts, unclean desires, unclean conduct, unclean behavior, unclean character. Come on, ask God to wash you and cleanse you and empty you completely. In the name of Jesus, Moda Broste, Camoja Bro, in the Brosta, Kedon de Stoparakeando, in the Broyendo Stoparakeandeste, in the Brocastonda Brociataste, in the Brocata Standa Brosteki Bro, in Amanda Sanda Brocate Steady Briande, in the Bocastona Broyantosti, in Entosta, Le Brosti Keremento, Le Tosta, Morato Silendedo, in Emboboshka. Come on, get busy. Ask God to consecrate you, purify you, and cleanse you, and wash you in the blood. In the blood of Jesus. Wash you in the blood of Jesus. Break the chains of sin. Ask Jesus to break the chains of sin and break the traps. Sin is a trap. Sin is a trap. It ensnares you. Enticement entices you. Sin entices you and entraps you. Break the enticement. Break the provocation. Break the wrong attitudes. Break the wrong, the, 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 the wrong things. Come on. Ask Jesus to break any wrong character and wrong. It's not only fornication and adultery. Pride. Pride. Self and pride and and anger and unforgiveness and, and bitterness these are all sins and unclean things that God detests break the sin of pride the sin of lies and unforgiveness and bitterness impurity and and uncleanness and unholiness anything that is not pleasing to god deal with it now ask god to break it out of you cleanse you in the blood of jesus release you and set you free in the name of jesus Let's pray one more time. I, I need you to tell God, God, I want to live for you. I want whatever it takes. I want to be consecrated. Consecrate me. I want from now and always be that person who always searches my heart. And I ask you to cleanse me, wash me, purify, break the chains. If maybe you are in chain, sin, some kind of sin besets you and you are bound in some kind of wrong desires and wrong character and wrong uh, uh, Ask God to take it, break it out of you, break it off of you. It could be pride, it could be lies, it could be laziness, it could be prayerlessness, it could be anything. It could be lust, any form of uncleanness. Come on, get busy. It could be anger. You can't control your temper. You're always angry, you're always upset. Ask God to take it out. Take it off. It could be your pride, your ego. Imoja ike proyeto samoja nem prequito stoka proyende steka proya posta nerebrian. Oh mama sopra yana stokreyeto steve. Hey abora kata roca stora proquia la bacaria. The psalmist says that if I hide iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. 
Isaiah the prophet says that God's hand is not shut in that he cannot save. But your iniquity have separated you between him. Between you and your God. Have separated between you and your God. The iniquity, sin actually hides the face of God from us. When we live willfully in sin, God hides from us. He won't find us. We'll seek him, we won't find him. Sin is the only thing that we must be afraid of. Afraid of nothing but sin. Sin is the only thing that will come between us and our God. May the blood of Jesus and the power of the word that you hear. In, in, in the book of John chapter five, 15, it says that you are sanctified by the word that you hear. May the word that you hear today sanctify you, wash you, cleanse you, purify you, justify you. May sin become detestable to you. May the blood of Jesus break every chain of sin. Anything that binds you, that besets you. May you be purified. May you be cleansed. May you be washed. In the precious blood of Christ Jesus. Before we bring the service to a close, if you have a need, any need you have, lift your hands and talk to God about that need. It could be a spiritual need. It could be some healing that you need could be some deliverance could be it could be a financial need it could be a job need or whatever come and lift up your voice to the lord cry out to god for a miracle today cry out to god for a miracle cry out to god for a miracle Le mana sobrayende suka broyende tu salamanto le mojabra ke kosodobrahito if you are sick in your body put your hand on that condition now if you are sick all over your body, put both hands on your chest. As we pray in the spirit, receive a miracle. Receive a miracle. Maro You need that breakthrough. Release yourself and get that breakthrough. That breakthrough financially. That breakthrough spiritually. That breakthrough emotionally. That breakthrough. Release yourself in the Lord. In the name of Jesus. I release the healing anointing. Now receive your miracle in the name of Jesus. I release the anointing that breaks the yoke to bring deliverance to you. The anointing that will bring peace to you. The anointing that will bring you that job opportunity. The anointing that will bring that, that financial breakthrough. I release it now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you praise. I give you glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Shout amen. Praise God. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and share it with your loved ones. For more information about our church, make sure to visit our website at www.omegachurchcenter.org. God bless you.